When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having a miserable week? Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender Rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Redmond. Jacob, how you doing on this fine afternoon? I'm doing well, Zach. Uh, you know, I'm the schedule master here. Uh, I've got this whole thing <laughs> mapped out. Uh, we're we're going to have a good time. Uh, in about like uh, five minutes, we have the bathroom break. Uh, in 10 minutes, we'll eat on the podcast. Uh, 15 minutes is a nap. I, I think it's looking like a great podcast for us, Zach. I really think we're going to do well today. I, I think we could save time by eating and having our potty break at the same time. What do you think? You know, I think that's gross. I think there's a good reason why that doesn't happen. I think there's a fantastic reason why you separate food and, uh, you know, the more unpleasant nature of what happens after the food. Like, I, I think there's a good reason why the potty breaks and the food breaks are not not one and the same but i can't believe Sokka even suggested that to be honest <laughs> it, from Sokka's perspective it makes sense because you know like he's probably like i don't know not the most uh what is it empathetic Hyge- hygienic i don't know well, that, that goes without saying definitely not the most hygienic person i mean it's Sokka, so that one makes yeah. sense but yeah um yeah we're here to talk about the painted lady uh, an episode of Avatar that I remembered quite well, uh, but not one that I think lived up to the expectations fully. Uh, Zach, were you feeling the same way that I was? Yeah, I mean, it's nice that like Katara gets her own episode. It's been a minute since we've had a Katara-centric episode, but the episode itself kind of falls a little bit flat for me personally. And like, we don't get any great side characters this episode unless you really love Doc slash Shoe slash Bushi or whatever his third name is. So, yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, I didn't love them. Uh, you know, two weeks ago, we were complaining that we didn't have a lot of comedy in the episode. I would rather have no comedy than bad comedy. Uh, I did not enjoy that whole bit. Maybe it's just because I'm too old, because I did remember thinking it was funny as a kid. But now I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm, I'm not about this. So, yeah, it was, it was good um, to, like, have a guitar episode. But everything else really didn't land for me. I will say this is the episode that is the turning point in my mind for like Katara as a fully formed character. Like mm-hmm. everything that she does in this episode makes so much sense with her, what I know her to be and seeing mm-hmm. how she acts now. I'm like, okay, great. This is the Katara in her like peak form. And like, yes, yeah, she'll keep growing from here, but like this really is a defining episode from her. So it is great along the character journey to see that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love it that much. Yeah, I mean, that's a good analysis of Katara, but yeah, I just, I didn't like this episode too much either. I mean, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of it all. Anything else you want to talk about before we dive right into the episode? Well, 
I'm, I'm excited, Zach, because the episodes we don't like the most are always the most fun to record. So, <laughs> you know, honestly, I should have been like watching this episode halfway through and been like, this is going to be a fun one to record. This is going to be a good time. So. Yeah, it'll probably be. I mean, we have a tendency. We, I mean, one of our reviews is a four star review we got. It's the only four star review we have. And he was pretty critical of us. But even in his critical review, he was like, Jacob and Zach do a good job making the bad episodes fun podcast. So I think that's what that's our forte. That's up our alley. We can do it. I'll take it. Uh, you know, I'll take that four star review. Uh, also, if you're going to give us any stars, I'm, I'm happy about it. So, uh, yeah, you can give us a one star review if, you, if you'd like. Uh, no, nah, only five stars for us. If you okay, give us a one star review, you're bad No, I'm just kidding. Only five star reviews. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I do think that we make the, the bad episodes more fun. So let's see what fun we can get along the way here. Uh, we start the episode with Aang and the rest of the gang riding on Appa's back. And maybe riding is like, uh, or I guess that they're on Appa's back, but he's not really flying uh, here. He's kind of like slogging his way through like this slush uh, of water. It's really, really nasty. Uh, I don't know about you, but like when I get in rivers, like if there's like any type of like algae, even I'm like not about it. Like I want my water to be pristine or I'll just sit on the sides. Yeah. I mean, I don't visit too many rivers, but when I do, I prefer the water to be clean. Yeah. And this looked like sludge. It was just like they were swimming through like watery mud. I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was like quite gross. Uh, I would say definitely not something that you'd want to, uh, get in. Uh, but that doesn't really stop Aang. Aang is like playing hide and go seek uh, with Momo in the water, you know, like going underwater, uh, even getting his hair dirty, which is like even worse. Uh, but then he, he jumps on up. He decides to uh, get all of the like gross sludge off of him. So he airbends it off of him only to get on everyone else where everyone else is like complaining. And this is like one of my uh, the funniest lines that I had in the episode. He goes, hey, guys, I think the river's polluted. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, I think so, bud. Uh, That made me laugh so hard. I don't know why, but he said it with such childlike, like, I kind of think it's polluted. I was like, you don't say. It's so weird how Aang is happily swimming in this, like, gunky mess of water. I don't know how he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is just nasty. Uh, I mean, we'll see later that like they actually separate the water from the gunk uh, with like Aang putting the water and Toph getting rid of the gunk. That was pretty cool to see uh, that you were able to like bend the two separately. But if you are just in the like combination sludge type water, I would I would not be about it. Uh, yeah, Sokka tries to make a joke here where he's like, "Oh, that makes makes sense why I couldn't fish because my fishing skills are off the hook." And I was just like, "Dang." What a dumb joke. Kudos to the writers, though. They're able to, like, write, like, Sokka making, like, a stupid joke. Like, they know the joke is not going to land. So, kudos to them. Yes. Like, it's hard to write, like, a bad joke, I feel like, like that. that. Yeah, that is true. It is, like, it's a believable bad joke. So yes, that's, like, exactly. kind of impressive uh, in itself. Um, anyway, so they decide they're going to get food. Uh, they need to get something to eat. And this is where we get introduced to the master schedule. Uh, yeah. Huge deal. Uh, I love that this comes up. We see Sokka has this long scroll that's doodled in like uh, like the crappiest markers I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, and he, he's planned out everything from today until the invasion of the Black Sun. 
What are your thoughts on this master schedule, Zach? I mean, it looks like it's like doodled in like crayon. I wonder where Sokka <laughs> got like the colorful pencils to like make this schedule. Yeah, maybe they that took was my them first from, thought. Maybe they took them from Aang's school. Uh, they were like they. It was next to the noodle art. Uh, they decided to go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a little bit of uh, you know markers and crayons and stuff. Yeah, they just boomed some school supplies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach, when you go on vacation, do you like to pan- plan things out? Do you like to have like a set agenda and like know what you're doing, like Sokka's schedule? Not particularly. I, I like to just go with the flow, see what's up then that okay. day. What about you? Do you like to have the set itinerary? Yeah, I mean, I I think like half the fun of going on a vacation is planning it uh, and like, you know, oh, I'll do this and like, oh, that's close to this. So I can do that. And it's like, you know, getting like the efficient route is like it's half the fun. Like, uh, yeah, I love making the schedule. But I will say, like, there's there's lots of uh, fun parts about spontaneity. You know, I love, like, going somewhere with no plan, figuring out what you're going to do, finding happy little surprises along the way. But I think I tend probably closer to Sokka. Another question for you, Zach. How many potty breaks do you need when you travel? Are you someone who has to go to the bathroom? <laughs> well, I'll probably need trips? more than two in, like, a 24-hour period, which is what Sokka suggests later on in the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, that's like cutting it pretty close. I, I love going on like long road trips and like driving at night. Uh, I just mm-hmm. feel like it's so efficient. Like there's no other cars on the road. You can just speed the whole way. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, the, the potty breaks, can, they can get you, you know, I mean, do you need, I mean, I assume you need more than two. Yeah, no, I would say two is about right. Two, oh, okay. There you go. If I'm by myself, obviously if I'm with others, I'll, I'll be considerate, but you know, I got a. I have a decent bladder. I'd say it's like one of my top organs. <laughs> if you're power ranking your organs, your bladder's up there. <laughs> it's definitely up there. If I'm power ranking my organs, the bladder's like pretty high up there. I think. Uh, trying to think other organs that are like good relative to other people. Um, no, I think I think my bladder might be one of the top ones. What about you, Zach? Do you have a top organ? I don't know. I feel like my kidneys. Maybe I'm not 100 okay. percent sure. Sure. My, I know my heart and my lungs are not the best. My cardio is yeah. not great. Yeah, no, definitely that was like immediately written off for me. Uh, <laughs> no one's writing. No one's writing about my heart uh, or my lungs, but my bladder might get a few mentions. So watch out. Um, All right. Anyway, uh, they decide they're going to get some food in this little village. They hide Appa underneath uh, some grass, I guess, uh, and now he's just like. Uh, you know, a huge mound in the middle of nothing with horns. Uh, terrible disguise. Uh, I would say Aang's disguise as a student was like 10 times better. Yeah, Oppa's disguise, pretty terrible here. Any Fire Nation member running across him will immediately realize that it's not some random hill in the middle of nowhere and that it is, in fact, this large flying beast. But Yes, oh well. yes easily would be spotted. Uh, what's not easily spotted is the village, at least for Toph. She's not able to see it, and she's like, you know, I can't see the village. Where is it? And Sokka's like, it's in the river. Uh, and so in order to get uh, over there, they have to take a ferry. And this is where we're introduced to someone uh not really sure what his real name is i do not know what it uh his name but let's call him doc uh for now at least that's how he's introduced to us and yeah he decides to to say uh like come on board um and i did not really like this character at all 
Yeah, what are your overall thoughts on Doc? Because we've had, especially in season one, we had our fair share of these kooky older characters. And I thought they were like kind of fun. Like I remember the Great Divide, we had like the tour guide, and then we had Aunt Wu, of course. But this the Doc kind of he fell flat for me for sure. I didn't vibe with his humor. Maybe it's like maybe we're too old for this type of humor. What do you think? Yeah, I I think that might be what it is, just because like I don't know. I really wasn't feeling it that much the whole time. And like, I do remember like kind of thinking it's funny. Like all of these, like, I don't know, like mistaken identities is like, I don't know. Like there, there is some comedy there to it. Like they really do try to make some jokes with it, but I just felt that, uh, it felt really flat. And like, if I think back to like, you know, aunt Wu or the, even like the botanist that has that like cat that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was better. And the great divide, like you have that great little tour guide, this guy just felt so like played out and boring. Um, and so I, I wasn't a huge fan. He really does pop up a lot. He really does try to like carry the comedy of this episode. And the whole time I was just kind of over it. Um, yeah, I, this definitely plays better for children. I think a child might like find this joke funny. And I was just like, okay, uh, no thanks. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. They're leaning so heavily on Doc for the comedy of the episode rather than like a Sokka or a Toph even. Yeah, yeah. It's because I think like Sokka here kind of has to play the dad role. He's like the no, like we got to stay on track. Like we have a schedule to keep up. Uh, and because he's playing that dad role, they don't really give him like a ton of jokes. Usually like Katara is like the mom role and he's like the crazy kid. But they kind of flip here where... Uh, Katara is like the rebellious child and Sokka is the one trying to keep them in line. And because of that, I feel like they kind of have to shy away from Sokka's giving the humor. And instead they give it to this like uh, deranged old man. So yeah, yeah, not, not so, a great trade off. I would trade Sokka for uh, Doc any day. Oh, for that's, that's other that's way it. around. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'd definitely be making that trade a hundred times out of a hundred times. So Doc, ex- Doc explains to Team Avatar that the army moved in and started polluting the Fire Nation army. And they, they started making, they have a metal factory, hence the sorry state of the village. So that's why everything's so decrepit. And that's why the river is just sludge. Yeah. And like they hear that the village is being like, uh, you know, taken over by this pollution. Uh, Katara like looks around at the place and she immediately sees like all of these people who are just like so down on their luck. Like people are sitting around. We have some older people just like laying there. Uh, We have people like really upset. Uh, And I really did like how like, I don't know, anti-capitalist this felt. Like they very much were like, look at all of the people that they were hurting. uh, Like the fire nations, like trying to industrialize and like they're leaving behind so many other people. I think this show might have like radicalized an entire generation on accident. Like, (laughs) like, I don't even know. Like none of these things hit for me. Like when I was a kid, I didn't realize like how much propaganda I was getting, but it's all so good. Like I loved it. Uh, What were your thoughts on this? Like take here, uh, anti-industry take. Yeah, no, it's really good. I mean, we've had a little bit of the anti-capitalism before in the end of season two with like the Earth Kingdom and the classes and all that. But yeah, I enjoyed this. This was good. Yeah, yeah. That was more like the social structure. Now we're like tearing down the economic structure. I mean, watch out. Like, uh, yeah, Gen Z's coming for you with Avatar (laughs) in tow, like to to help him spit facts. Um, anyway, I, I like this uh, quite a lot, like how they did set this up. This is another example of Avatar taking on something that's pretty serious, and I thought they did a great job of uh, like tackling this sort of issue in the episode, so I thought that was great. 
The other thing I think they did a great job of is making Katara's character really shine here. Uh, the whole time she was saying, like, we need to help. And Sokka immediately gives the pushback, like, no, we have a bigger mission. We have bigger fish to fry, uh, like two-headed fish, three-headed fish, the whole shebang. <laughs> uh, we, we got stuff to do. And so, like, we can't help them. Katara's like refuses to take no for an answer. She's like, I'm not going to be cold and heartless. I'm going to uh, to try to help. What were your thoughts on this argument here between Katara and Sokka? Yeah, I mean, I can see it from both perspectives. I mean, Sokka is technically right. Like, if they take down the Fire Lord, they will be helping this village in the grand scheme of things. But I can also see it from Katara's point of view. I mean, you're already there. You have the Avatar in tow. I mean, you guys can help this village and save them from this evil Fire Nation. So I could see it from both points of view, but I think I'm team Katara here. I think you might as well, if you're there, you might as well save them. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I guess that does make sense. Uh, Like, honestly, if you're kind of thinking from it, like from a utilitarian perspective, like if you can uh, take down the fire Lord, then like you will be doing the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. So like Sokka is right. Uh, But then like from a deontological perspective, it's hard to like say like, no, we, we can't like help these people who are hurting like by, not acting we're hurting these people so who knew they're like a major philosophical debate in the first few minutes of this episode like this is mind-blowing my college professors would just be like blown back by this analysis here yeah true especially with your analysis right there using all those big words jacob hurting my head here <laughs> uh, I, just, I had to write a paper on him at one point i don't i don't know any more than you couldn't find just like really quick little google um, but I, I also did think it was really funny when Saku was like, we're not going to help every rinky dink town we wander into. I was like, dang, all right. Like, uh, how would you feel if someone called the South Pole rinky dink? Like, True. Literal yeah. ice cubes. <laughs> True. Yeah. Just insulting the whole town. No, that's, you're right. Exactly. That's a good point. Uh, anyway, so like there's some tension there. Uh, Katara seems really dead set on helping. Saka says they don't have time. Uh, Aang ends up like saying, like, we're just going to get what we need and go. And I'm kind of surprised here that Aang doesn't have uh, the idea of, like, let's help people. I think that Aang's character seems more true to me that he would be the type of person who would help out. True, true. I guess with all the pressures of the fact that he's about to face the Fire Lord, he just wants to tackle that problem head on. But you're right. Most of the time, Aang would be the one who's like, no, let's stay and help these people. Yeah. But he will turn it. He'll he'll turn it around later on in the episode and actually help Katara take down the factory. So, yeah. Uh, So then we go to the shop. We're going to try to get some supplies. Uh, and we see Doc again, but this time it's not Doc, it's Shu, uh, Doc's brother. And uh, he's wearing the exact same clothes. He's clearly the same person, but he has a different hat. Uh, and then he tries to explain this. And I was like legitimately lost. I went back three times to try to understand. Maybe you can help me out. <laughs> so he says, Doc works on, works on the Doc. That's why we call him Doc. Great. I'm fully there. I fully understood that part. He says, and I work in the shop. That's why they call me Shu. I was like, Huh? And then Aang says, I don't get it. And I like, I tried to see if there was a joke there. I really like, I felt kind of dumb because I was just like very lost. Did I miss something or is this just like, not? no, I, th- I think the whole point is that you're supposed to be lost because even Aang in character is lost as well. Because Doc's like, Doc, where I work on the docks. That's why they call me Doc. And I work and I work in the shop. That's why they call him Rishu. And I think it's not supposed to make sense. That's the I- point of it. <laughs> It, it, it upset me. Like I wanted there to be a joke I missed. Uh, and I kept like find, trying to find the joke that I missed. I kept being like, okay, like, you know, what did I not get? Like, why is this funny? And I just never got it. 
And maybe yeah. shoe means shop in another language. Who knows? So I tried to look this up. Well, I mean, I only looked on the uh, Avatar Wiki, expecting it to be there, and I didn't see it there, which made me think, like, great, it's like this is just a joke that's like not not a thing. So uh, yeah, okay, I guess the joke was stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just a dumb joke. Yeah, I wouldn't think too much into it, but I think the hope of the like the, with the writer's intention was for it not to make sense. Okay, well. Perfect. They did a great job. I was uh, <laughs> lost in the sauce. Uh, anyway, so they decide to uh, like get some supplies. Uh, all of the fish and all of the clams are absolutely disgusting. They all have the sludge still in them. Uh, I guess there's like no clean water to clean them out, and so uh, everything they touch just has all this like gross, like brown liquid in it. Uh, they decide to take a fish, uh, and they're going to go back to shore. And this is where Doc's like, hey, I heard that you need a lift uh, by just like going under the counter and popping back up with a different hat. Uh, a little boy comes and asks for food, and Katara gives him the fish. I believe that's their only food. Is that right? Yeah. They, well, they have three fishes, and she gives one away. So they only have two left. So this is one of my favorite segments that we've had, Zach. Uh, this would be a great time for Katara's pocket fish. Uh, give it away <laughs> and help feed someone. Um, you know, spread the wealth a little bit. I, I think this this might be the most valuable use of the pocket fish as well. I mean, if she actually had the pocket fish, wouldn't they have just eaten the pocket fish right then and there? Uh, yes. Instead of buying fish? Yes, they would. <laughs> Uh, so then we missed this entire episode. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> I don't know about you, Zach, but I, I would not mind that. No, I wouldn't have minded either, honestly. I think this is one of the weaker episodes in season three as a whole, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they get back to camp. Uh, Sokka's really complaining now. He's like, our detour took us off the entire schedule. Like, We're not going to be able to get back on track. Uh, and yeah, so now they're going to have to wake up 43 minutes earlier every day in order to get back on track. Have you heard of like Mars time? Do you know? No. Like, okay. So like a Mars day is like slightly longer than an earth day. Uh, and so like some scientists will like stay up and they will go on like to Mars time. So instead of staying up one day, they'll stay up a day in 37 minutes. So like over the course of a month, they're like their clock switches to where like sometimes they're up on like the uh, on the nights because it's like obviously like it changes half an hour every day so okay anyway uh i really wanted to go on to mars time at one point i think it'd be very fun to like just set my clock to mars time and go to bed at the same time mars time every day and then eventually like flip my clock all the way back around does that sound appealing to you at all or am i just (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i don't know is mars time like getting your circadian rhythm back on track or is it like the opposite because then you're on Mars? no i think i think it would absolutely destroy it like the only reason why mars time is a thing is because like some scientists need to like do studies during the day on mars which doesn't always line up with earth's day and so mm-hmm. they like have to stay up those extra 30 minutes so that they're always up during the day. Um, but it would not really like, it would make no sense for me to do it, except I think it'd be funny. I mean, why not? Great. All right. Well, catch me going on Mars time pretty soon. <laughs> there we go. I have a question for you. If your job asked you, they're like, okay, you got to start an hour earlier every day. Would you do it? Uh, like I have to start an hour earlier, like instead of like when I go into work, I go into work like one hour earlier. Yeah. 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 Just like soccer right now, telling the group um, they got to wake up like 45 minutes earlier or would that suck for you? If I could do it later, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I 
hate the mornings. I detest them. I don't like waking up. But once I'm up, like, I, it's so hard for me to go to bed. So if they ask me to stay an hour later, like, fine. But I do not want to wake up an hour earlier. Uh, yeah. And, like, that's how the group feels, too. Because then Toph immediately pushes back. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not waking up early. Screw that. So <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, well this kind of gets to, like, what I was going to mention. So, like, why do they actually have to wake up early? Like, all they have to do is just, like, get on Appa and, like, have Appa wake up early. Which, like, yeah, is inconvenient for Appa. But, like, they say they're going to combine food and potty breaks. Like, I don't even think they need to. Like, I think that they could just eat on Appa's back. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know why. Maybe they have to stop down and, like, create a fire to cook, though. You can't make a fire on Appa's back. Right? That's that's a good point. Uh, Maybe they should just, like, get some organic food, like, forage for some berries or something. Like, it just, it seems like the way to, like, make up time is to spend more time on Appa rather than, like, eating and going to the bathroom at the same time. Like, it seems very more efficient. That's a really good point. They need you on the itinerary instead of Sokka. I think Sokka's bad at the, his like time-saving ideas. They're just not working out. <laughs> I, I agree. I think I'm good at making plans. I think uh, you know I'm all about the efficiency. I think, I, I think I'd be pretty good at it. So, uh, yeah, put me on the schedule, Coach. Um, anyway, <laughs> so they're going to go. This is also where we learn, or maybe we've heard this before, but it was the first time it like registered to me that the eclipse that they're going for is only eight minutes. Uh, like obviously that makes sense because eclipses don't last that long, but it is pretty crazy that they're going to this whole invasion plan only to get eight minutes of no fire maneuverabilities. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's true. And you have to be very successful in that eight minutes. Like everything has to yes. go right for you to have a successful invasion. Yes. Uh, like that is for sure true. Like if you don't have those like first 30 seconds go right, like you're in huge trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so definitely, um, yeah, like there there are a lot of stakes here, and it makes sense that Sokka's stepping up here. Uh, anyway, they decide, uh, okay, they're not going to uh, do their food and potty breaks at the same time, but they're going to have to wake up first thing the next morning. Then we go to the next morning, um, and we see that uh, Katara is, like, uh, helping Appa out. Uh, Appa's sick, uh, supposedly. He's, uh, you know, not feeling well. And Sokka really is upset about this. Uh, <laughs> Zach, like, you want to tell us what uh, what Sokka was doing? Yeah, Sokka's upset because his whole schedule is messed up. And he's just unhappy that Appa can't fly because of that. Not concerning himself with Appa's well-being. Even though Appa's quote-unquote sick, but his only ailment is a purple tongue, so... Yeah, yeah. So maybe to stay on the Sokka stuff a bit, I thought this was pretty funny uh, that he's like so upset because of the schedule. And then he's like, oh, no, and I like my furry friend as well. <laughs> uh, but the purple tongue is a weird symptom. Uh, they like Top says maybe it's from the polluted water, but like I don't really understand how a uh, purple tongue comes from water uh, that's brown. What do you think WebMD would say if I put purple tongue in right now? Like, what's my diagnosis? Oh, it'd probably be like death, poison. WebMD is always the worst for that. I feel like every time you look up something on Web, you look up any ailment you have on WebMD, it's like, oh, this is means you have like a 20% chance of dying the next day. I don't know. I don't like WebMD too much for that reason. Every time I'm feeling a little under the weather, I'll give my symptoms a quick little Google and it never comes out all rosy and clean. Yeah, that's that's fair. I just looked up purple tongue on Google and the related health conditions were scarlet fever, which sounds pretty bad, and ovarian cancer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they would assume that I have ovarian cancer from having a purple tongue, but uh, yeah, okay, not great. 
So maybe we, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like this is wild. <laughs> Do not go on WebMG folks. This is actually like very scary. I told you I did. did I not, did I warned you. I, I'm like never actually used it before, but huh. uh, okay. So Zach, there have uh, potential causes of tongue color changes. Would you like to guess? I'm going to tell you a color and you're going to tell me uh, what it would mean. Is this like your tongue changing color? Yes. So okay. let's see. Uh, okay. If we get a green tongue, what would that mean? Let me guess. Some type of cancer. Something <laughs> horrible. <laughs> uh, it says bacteria growth or fungal infection. This, wh- why are we talking about this? Never mind. This is the worst segment <laughs> I've ever done. I apologize. Uh, I don't know why on earth I thought I would do that. Uh, it's all good. I mean, we've had, uh, don't get me wrong, we've had worse segments, trust me. Uh, okay, those were probably also my ideas. So I'm sorry <laughs> as well. It's okay. Um, anyway, so he's gotten sick. Uh, Katara's is like, okay, we're going to go in uh, to town and we'll find some the right medicine for him so he can get all better. Uh, they start walking into town and everyone is just uh, a little bit happier. They got a little pep in their step today. Uh, and we hear that uh, the place is a little bit different. People seem a bit happier. Uh, yeah, was this was this nice to see the village uh, a little happier, Zach? Yeah, it was because in the opening of the episode, the village just looks so depressing and like sad. Honestly, it looked like the third world. It did not look good. So yeah, it's nice to see the village much livelier and happy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It was uh, nice to see. We even saw uh, some kids like uh, you know playing around, uh, which was fun to see. Uh, so Sokka asks, like, hey, what went on? Uh, and the guy at the shop, uh, this time saying that he's uh, shoes, said that something amazing happened, that food was delivered by the Painted Lady. And this is where we hear the origins of the Painted Lady. Uh, he explains that she's part of the town's lore. She's a river spirit that watches over the town, uh, that they thought that she was a legend, but she has been there the whole time. Uh, she's kind of been, like, not doing a great job. Uh, she did let the whole village get polluted, so I don't know about that. Um, but at least they have uh, some food, so good for the painted lady. Uh, what were your thoughts from hearing this painted lady thing, Zach? Yeah, it was cool, but you bring up a good point. She's not doing a great job. The village is in sorry shape. And we know she exists because she reveals herself to Katara at the end of the episode. So it's like, did she draw Katara to the city, and did she know that somehow Katara might be able to fix up all the problems going on? Yeah, I, I did really like that we saw her at the end. Maybe, like, the polluted water has kept her uh, from coming out, and that's, like, the reason why she wasn't able to uh, to hang out with everyone. But, yeah, like, I, I did think that it was, like, pretty pretty cool that we did see her at the end. I thought that was, like, a really cool part of the episode, that we see that connection uh, between Katara and the Painted Lady. Um, but also, like, the name The Painted Lady is just, like, an objectively bad name for a spirit. What would you name her instead? Well, I don't know, but the Painted Lady is not a name. Like, the Painted Lady is a descriptor. That would be like if you called me, like, the shirted man. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's a fact. I'm, I do have a shirt on, but, like, I could take, like, it, it doesn't really describe anything. That's not a name. That's just, like, a way to point someone out. That's true, but these spirits tend to have weirdly generic names. Like, remember, hey, by just being named Black White. Yeah, but at least that one sounded cooler because it was in a different language. Like, we <laughs> painted lady in a different language, and I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, remember when we found that out and we were so upset? We were like, hey, by just Black White. That's so dumb. Yeah, that was that was so dumb. Piss me off to this day. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess like being direct and just knowing it's a dumb name is better than uh, than not knowing. But yeah, like. 
I don't know. Painted Lady's not doing it for me. Like, Co the Face Dealer, that is a name. That is a name True. that I like. True. The Painted Lady, it just doesn't sound like epic enough to warrant a spirit. Because she is like this big, powerful spirit. Yeah. And yet her name is just so, I don't know, bland. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, but anyway, so uh, they said they want, they're trying to get some medicine. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Do, would you. Uh, or I guess this was a question that we asked later. Uh, we can get to it later when we do listen. Okay. Uh, anyway, so they're trying to find some medicine. Uh, they do not have any medicine there. It all goes to the factory, which is why everyone's sick. Uh, and Katara's like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, stay and hop off a rest. Uh, this is when we see the different headed fish. There's a one headed fish and a two headed fish. Uh, yeah, and then nasty. Sokka wants to buy the two-headed fish because it's more for your money, and these fish looked absolutely... <laughs> it's a two-headed fish with, like, mud and, like, flies around it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Team Avatar's down bad if that's what they gotta be eating for, like... Oh, for days. sure. Uh, this is a case where less is more. Um, did you ever watch 30 Rock, by chance? No, sadly. See, I, I, it sucks when you always ask me if I've seen something, because the chances are I haven't seen it, because I'm so uncultured. I gotta watch more. I mean, I know what it is, like Tina Fey, Tracy Morgan. I gotta watch it. Yeah, there's, there's one really funny song that they sing. Uh, like, they're trying to get someone to donate a kidney, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the song's about, like, two things, or two, or, or one is better than two. So it's all the cases where, like, one thing is better than two, so that they give up one of their kidneys. I think this is an example where one is better than two. I would rather have a one-headed fish than a two-headed fish any day. Oh, oh, 100%. One is definitely better than two in this instance. I don't want no two-headed fish in my life. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think I would pay like 50% more to have 50% less of uh, less heads. For yeah. Sure. yeah, I would too, honestly. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. Um, anyway, so <laughs> they all go back. Uh, yeah, we go to the village later that night. Uh, and we see uh, the painted lady start to uh, creep on over uh, the water. She goes into the village and she starts healing people with a blue glow. Um, we see like her healing a bunch of people. And then the last person uh, that she heals is the mom of the little boy that we saw earlier. Uh, this little boy keeps coming back and he says, thank you, painted lady, uh, and gives a nice little look. Uh, I have a question for you, Zach. When did you know the painted lady was Katara? Oh, right. In this moment, because you see her face. When the kid, when the kid is like, "Thank you, painted lady," you see Katara look up and you see her cl- face clearly. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that, like, uh, I mean, obviously, I knew this like when I rewatched it, but when I first watched it, like, I did not realize that painted lady was Katara until this moment. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, they they like definitely drop the context clues. They definitely let you know, uh, but. I definitely think, uh, yeah, they did a good job. And I think they reveal it in a nice way where it's like a nice subtle reveal. Uh, they're not like, we don't see Katara say like, oh, my name's Katara and I was moonlighting as a painted lady. Like, it, was, <laughs> like, it, was, it was a smooth reveal, so I appreciated that. I agree. This was a very cool reveal. Um, yep. So then uh, we decide to go back the next day. Uh, we're there again. Toph's looking for some food. Toph does like the cool move where she like slams money on the counter and looks away. Uh, that's cool. I want to do that one day. Yeah, that was pretty slick. I want, I want to just slam money on the counter and be like, here's your money. There you yeah, go. just be like, I'll have two root beer floats and just like uh, put some money on the counter. I'll have two two-headed fishes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, maybe not that for me. But, uh, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, so they, they say they've got to stick around there. Uh, they get a bunch of, like, nasty-looking clams, just, like, absolutely disgusting. Um, and they're saying, like, oh, yeah, we've got to stay here until our friend gets better. And this is when Shu says, like, oh, maybe the Painted Lady will come and, and help out. Uh, and Sokka's like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll get a midnight snack and a sing-along. Uh, what do you think the go-to karaoke song is for the Painted Lady? Uh, I think she's a big fan of the Secret Tunnel song, actually. <laughs> call it back. I think she just loves the Secret Tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you think she... Uh, that maybe that's why she's not been uh, helping the village. She's been, like, off of those hippy-dippy people uh, just singing some songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, all right. I, I, I like that one. Uh, I think uh, maybe she also likes uh, Smoke on the Water. Uh, oh, okay. Song. Yeah. She's got some good taste. Yeah. You know, she's she's a spirit. She knows she knows uh, lots of things. Anyway, so then uh, Shu like clearly doesn't get it. He's like, yeah, uh, maybe, uh, and then says that they healed most of the sick people uh, last night. Aang's like very happy about this. Like, I think he's really excited to see that the spirit is helping out. Uh, we even see like a large statue go up of painted ladies. Everyone's like all applauding. Uh, and um, either Shu or Doc, I don't even remember who it is at this point, is like, yeah, it's all the painted lady. Uh, yeah, Katara slips here. Uh, not very good. You never catch Azula doing this, but she's like, "Oh, I can't believe how much an entire village is affected by one lady." I mean, spirit. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty bad slip up from Katara. Honestly, not her finest hour. Yeah, a sharper mind would be like, mm, "What do you mean? <laughs> I think uh, I think you might be slipping here." Uh, and yes. then Sokka, Sokka has like real big like teach a man to fish energy, where he's like. Look, uh, if, if she doesn't return every night, this place is going to go back to the way it was. Like because the people can't fend for themselves, uh, as soon as she goes away, then they're not going to be able to help. And it's like, all right, like I like calm down, Sokka. Like she's doing something that's good. Like you don't need to be mean about it just because like she's not fixing the root cause. Like she is helping people. Yeah, I thought Sokka was kind of an a hole in this moment, but then yeah. I thought about it after, and like he's technically correct because then he goes on to say if she really wanted to help, she would use her spirit magic to blow up the factory, and that is like true in a way because then as soon as they hypothetically, if they just left at this moment, the village would just go back to the way it was and the factory would still continue polluting everything. So they do need to deal with the root cause, but maybe Sokka could have been a little more nicer in his explanation of it. Yeah, it is just like a little bit harsh. Uh, And I love this discussion here about spirit magic. uh, Sokka and Aang make some noises. So uh, Zach, let's let's hear your best spirit magic noise. What's your best uh, spirit magic in this Ooh. Why did you plug your nose to make noise? Because <laughs> that's what Ang did. He was just like, Ooh. just okay, just to uh, no. Everyone doesn't have the pleasure of getting to see Zach, uh, so I'll describe <laughs> the situation here. He plugged his nose and then did the like swimming uh, motion down, yeah. like with his hand, like he was yeah, doing, like uh, yeah, a, yeah, like an underwater spirit. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Where, where's your spirit noise at? Uh, you sound like Mario sweeter. going down a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like Mario dying. I just feel like that's like a good spirit noise. I feel like that's the type of spirit noise that uh, 
Yeah, that, that really would motivate right. me. Well, mine was a little more generic in comparison, so I guess yours is a little <laughs> more outlandish, so I'll give it I to did, you. I did not prepare for this. I just made the first noise that came to my mind. Uh, <laughs> That's anyway. fair. Yeah. All right. So, well, that was uh, fun. What? That was fun. <laughs> a yeah, fun that, little that breakaway from the episode. <laughs> just us making random gibberish noises. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's going to be quite a confusing clip if you listen to that. And we're just like, what on earth are they getting themselves into? <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so we go back uh, to like uh, Team Avatar. Uh, they all like go back, they go to bed. We see Katara get up. Uh, she starts putting on her uh, painted lady costume here. Her costume is really good. I do not know where she got the supplies from, but she was working with a different supply set than Aang last week with the noodle art. She has like full costume, full wardrobe, a whole makeup department. Like this was a great look from Katara. Yeah. And it's a tad onto that. It's like a pretty accurate representation of this painted lady. It kind of like looks like the painted lady. It's like got the exact same face paint and everything. She's got like the I don't know, the headdress, what you want to call it, with like the transparent mm-hmm. like garb. Yeah, good good, good job from Qatar here. There's a very one-to-one uh, depiction of the painted lady. Yeah, and she only saw the painted lady for like a few minutes. Uh, so the yeah. fact that she was like able to see the statue and then recreate it is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, I know Qatar is like a master waterbender, but I do think like if she wanted to help out a regional theater, like if she wants to go to the Ember Island Players, she could really punch up their wardrobe game. No, facts. You're right. She would definitely be great in the theater department. As someone who worked in the film industry, I'd love to have Katara in the wardrobe department. She'd be on point. Yeah. Zach, I know we've been, uh, you know, making a basketball team. Should we start casting the uh, Avatar musical? <laughs> sure. Who plays what? Uh, well, I think we'll get, well, I don't think that they should do a musical of Avatar. I think they should do like another musical, like, uh, I don't know Like they should do. So like, are we casting somebody as Katara or are we casting Katara into a musical? Katara into a musical. So mm-hmm. like, uh, is there a musical you're familiar with? No, not of the Les Miserables. I don't know. Some generic. <laughs> perfect, perfect, great. All right, we'll we'll do this uh, throughout the next few episodes. We'll have everyone. I, I, no, spoiler: I've never seen. It. I just know what it is. So no, that, I, I, that's I, good enough. Okay, like, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we we'll have some fun with this. Oh, I'm you know sure. what? Maybe I'll. Okay, I'll actually. Watch, is uh, what's a good musical that you think we can slot characters into? I'll watch it from the in between these weeks. Um, a good musical that's a movie, I assume. Yeah, or yeah, or it can even be a musical. It doesn't matter. It, it, um, as long as it's something we can actually slot characters into. Uh, I mean, so like Rocky Horror Picture Show, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could be fun. Uh, Little okay. Shop of Horrors, that's a good movie. I actually really like the Little Shop movie. Okay. So oh maybe, yeah. I'll... All right. Let's let's do Little Shop. Uh, great. Okay, and we'll be casting Avatar characters into Little Shop. We'll do that progressively as we go on. Wow. And then Jacob, remind me in the week. Be like, if it's Saturday, you message me. Be like, Zach, have you seen this? Just like, be on my ass, basically. Well, okay, we we have a guest on next week, so I'm not sure I'm going to come in and be like, hey, by the way, we're talking Little Shop. So maybe we'll <laughs> next time that you you and I are alone, because oh, I'm not okay, sure. fair, fair, fair. That I'm might be sure. a while though. Spoiler. Alert. That that is true. Yeah, we do have a great string of guests coming up, so it might be a while before we're alone. But that's fine. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about Little Shop. But yeah, I okay. think it'll be very fun to. To slot people into musicals. This is like okay. the best day ever. I can't believe it. Nice. We'll do it. Let's do it up. Sweet. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we see Katara go full wardrobe, full makeup. Looks fantastic. Uh, she decides to go off 
here. And this is when she's like slipping away. Uh, and somehow she accidentally wakes up Momo, who wakes up Aang, and then Aang is awake. Uh, Aang sees a glimpse of the Painted Lady and is super excited to meet her. I thought this was so cute. Like, Aang chasing the Painted Lady, trying to meet the spirit, I thought was, like, a great, a great, like, addition. Yeah, I agree. And I think the second half of the episode is a lot stronger than the first half. So, and this is like the beginning of the second half of the episode. Aang noticing Katara leaving and chasing her down. And even once he meets her, he comments, he's like, oh, you're a lot more attractive than the average spirit. (laughs) Which is like, damn, Aang. That comment was a little bit weird. Uh, It was weird. Like, I don't know why he's commenting on the attractiveness of spirits. And if he is, like, Roku's looking pretty good, so I don't know why. I don't know, I guess that's just gassing himself up since that is Roku. But True, like, true, true. Like, okay, yes. Ko the face dealer, ugly spirit. The other spirits are not ugly that we've seen. Yeah, I mean, they just look like normal, boring spirits. I mean, hey, bye, and it's like berserker form looked a little scary. <laughs> but that's when it's true. like a normal just panda bear, it looks kind of nice. Yeah, and then like UA, like UA is like yo, true. UA is a very normal looking. Yeah, lady. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what he's talking about. I guess like he's just attracted to guitar and he's he's got a type and it's it's her. Uh, yeah, or not. Uh, but this was funny. Like as he's running, he's like, "Hi, I don't mean to bother you, but my friend's sick and we're on a schedule." And then he's like, uh, <laughs> "I know the hey bye, we're close friends," and he's like, <laughs> yelling after her. This is really funny. Uh, as he's chasing her along, he finally catches up. Uh, and then, yeah, this is when they have this little conversation. He says she's pretty. Uh, and then Aang's like, oh, you seem familiar. And he's like, no, you seem really familiar. He uses airbending, uh, blasts her hat up in the air, and recognizes her face. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was like a, a cute way to reveal this to Aang. Yeah, I agree. This was a solid scene overall. Yeah. Um, anyway, they decide that they are going to go attack the village. Uh, they're going to, uh, take down the factory here. Um, yeah, so they're going to go destroy it, help them, help the people out permanently. Any Uh, highlights of the factory destroying? I don't know. Like, they use a lot of bending to do it. And the whole time I was kind of thinking, like, if some Fire Nation autopsy person came and was like, what was the cause of the destruction? I think they would be able to be like, oh, well, there's some earth bending, some air bending, some water bending, and be like, okay, clearly it was the avatar. Yeah, that's a good point, honestly, because it was not fire bending that destroyed this. It was definitely a combination of like water bending and every other type of bending. So that's a very yeah. good point. I'm surprised the Fire Nation doesn't have that type of technology to figure that out. Yeah, but also like they might just get so mad that the the uh, factory has been destroyed that they just like. Or like whatever, they find the general who messed up. They uh, dispose of him properly and then move on. Like maybe they're not, <laughs> true. Maybe they're not going up too much. Uh, I thought they did like a few clever things. Uh, they use like earth bending to break apart the pipes. Uh, Katara uses like a bunch of water to flood the factory. All of the things were like pretty cool. Uh, not too much though. At one point, Aang has like this crate of like molten lava. It looked like, and he's just like dump or like this like bowl of like lava that he's just dumping on somewhere. It looked pretty dangerous to me. I'm surprised he didn't burn himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. I didn't really consider the uh, the effects, but we know that Aang is uh, he's fine. Like he can step on magma. He can <laughs> true. Like lava. Like, true, Aang just heat proof apparently. Impervious to heat. Who knew that was one of the perks of being an avatar? Is uh, you're impervious to heat. Uh, pretty clutch in fighting the Fire Nation. Facts, facts. That's very clutch. Just being impervious to heat. I mean, how is he so heat resistant? It's crazy. I 
I don't know. Like, it's just got to be like goof after goof in the end. <laughs> it's just, it is like, it is inconvenient to have your main character. Like, I don't know. Like, you want to have a cool shot and you want to do your cool stuff, but then like you don't realize that if something's burning at thousands of degrees, it would still hurt. But whatever. Um, anyway, uh, the next morning, uh, they return back after destroying the camp, uh, and they see Sokka. Uh, they say they're just going for a morning walk, but Sokka sees right through them. Uh, he says, I know you're the painted lady, you've been sneaking out at night, feeding off of these purple berries. Toph then sticks her tongue out to show that her tongue is purple, but Zach, how does she know her tongue is purple if she is blind? Uh, Sokka probably told her, to be fair. Okay, I guess that makes sense. And I also, it would have been better, I think, if Momo had his purple tongue or something like that. Uh, because Toph can't see. I don't know how she's seeing this. <laughs> Sokka calls them purpleizing tongue berries. And then also, I like the reveal where it's like Katara walks up from behind the bush and she's like, we don't want to wake up Sokka. Hi, Sokka. And he's instantly yeah. awake. I like that. That was some yeah. good dialogue. Yeah, that is true. Um, anyway, so Sokka even gets on Aang's case and is like, how long did you know about this? That was always like one of my biggest fears was like getting in trouble. Uh, not for something I did, but for knowing that someone else did something and not telling them like, that's always the worst feeling. It's like, you're in a bad situation. You don't really want to say something that kind of have to. It's, it's a whole mess. Yeah. You never want to be a snitch. I know how it goes. Yeah. Snitches get stitches. So exactly. I'd rather uh, get in trouble than have a stitch. <laughs> no. Have, same, you, same, have same. you ever had stitches? Yeah, I've had stitches before many times, okay. or not not many times, but a couple of times. Yeah, I, I I don't think I ever have had stitches. Really, I remember when I was a kid, me and my sister we would play this game where like I would hide under the blanket and pretend to be a monster, and then she like <laughs> conked me on the head, and then I had to get stitches from that. Oh, <laughs> I like. God. Yeah, I like. I like. What happened? I fell off the bed, and then I like hit my head on like some heater. So yeah, Ooh. I get stitches from that. Whoa. I still have I still have the bump. It's like one of those like bumps that like cartoon characters get, like Looney yeah. Tunes, where it like comes out of your head. I still yep. have that like small little bump. Nice. Uh, one time I was like playing hide and seek for my sister, and uh, I was like in my mom's room. My sister was like coming in, and I could tell that she was coming, and I didn't have a great place to hide. So I just full on like jumped at the wall to try to hide behind the bed, but I kind of misplaced where I was going to be, and my head went right through the wall, it, like. <laughs> hit something on the other side, and I got concussed playing hide-and-seek. You got concussed? Wow. Yeah, I don't think I've I, ever had a concussion before. That's crazy. I gave myself a concussion trying to hide playing hide-and-seek, and I put a massive head-sized hole in the wall. <laughs> uh, not my best thing. In fact, that's not even the only time my head's gone through a wall. So, that's pretty bad. Uh, what can, you, can you talk about the other time your head went through <laughs> yeah, a wall? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I was, I was hanging out with one of my friends, uh, Chris, who, uh, sometimes writes into the podcast, uh, I was throwing this pink ball at him and, uh, he was like, stop. And I was like, what are you going to do about it? He said, if you throw it at me one more time, I'm going to take your head and I'm going to throw it through the wall. And I was like, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. So of course I threw the pink ball at, at him. He took my head and he slammed it right into the wall and, uh, into a stud. I did not get my head uh, hurt that time, but yeah, walls better be careful around me because who knows? Uh, my head might get thrown into it. How, how thin was that wall that your friend was able to slam your head through it? Also, what <laughs> you you and your friends get pretty violent with one another. I don't know if we're... Well, we don't really get violent all the time. Well, okay, I don't know. He used to kick me with the steel-toed boots. Uh, that hurt pretty bad, too. Um, but anyway, 
he's a great guy. Okay, we don't need to. We don't, we don't <laughs> okay, need to, okay. Uh, we, yeah. Shout out Chris. I mean, he's written feedback before. Chris yeah. Asar, and I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. He he lo- he knows a ton about the music of Avatar and has lots of good comments there. Anyway, the wall was pretty thin. Uh, it's just like because like all the walls in your house are just like drywall. Like if you wanted to, you could punch a hole in it. Like, I don't know. I, I've never tried to punch a hole in any of well, my walls before, and I feel like I'd be too weak. I'd just break my hand. I, so I would say you definitely can punch a hole in the wall. It is expensive to fix, so I would not try. Uh, but maybe like if someone's like remodeling, like you could go over and, and uh, decide to like break a hole. Actually, Chris's family was doing remodeling like for the past like I don't know decade in their house. Like they're always remodeling, and so you're like you can always go over to their house and like help tear out walls. They're very easy to break. Oh, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Well, that provides some context. Yeah. Where were we in the Avatar scheme of things? What were well, we the next thing about? that's in my notes uh, is about how ugly Sokka's fingernails are. Uh, so <laughs> maybe to like set that up. So Katara is like, going to walk away. She's like wanting to go back to the city. Uh, and as she's like walking away, Sokka does put her hand on her shoulder and like I saw her, his fingernails, and they just look so weird. Like fingernails themselves aren't like pretty, but his especially were ugly. I did not notice his fingernails. I'll have to rewatch the episode with a keener eye and see Sokka's disgusting fingernails in full effect. Yeah, well, uh, that's the kind of commentary that I uh, I'm here to write. <laughs> Hitting yeah. journalism that you didn't know to expect. This is one of the more powerful scenes of the episode, though, because Sokka like reams off Katara here, and then Katara puts her foot down, and she's like, "No, I will never ever turn my back on people who need me," which is pretty powerful stuff from Katara here. Yes, that was a great line. Uh, I really did think that, and it was like uh, it was a very powerful line from Katara. Um, Sokka is right. Like earlier when he says, "Like I didn't actually mean that you were going to do that. Like the army's going to blame the." villagers like they're gonna get in trouble like Uh yeah uh it's it's not great um anyway yeah so this is when uh Sokka says like you need me and I'm never gonna turn your back on you I thought this was a sweet moment between the two siblings they've kind of been at each other's uh throats for the past uh you know a few minutes of this episode but to see them like understand each other be on the same level was appreciated yeah it was nice to see this reconciliation between the two of them yeah I agree. Uh, anyway, we decide uh, to go back. Uh, they're going to go in and they're going to try to go into the village. Um, as they're going into the village, we see a bunch of Fire Nation Fire Nation soldiers, and they're on skidoos. I don't know where they got this technology, but that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, they have like these like weird like steampunk looking ski dudes. You're right, and they just start tearing down houses and destroying the village. Oh yeah, like no questions asked. They were like, I thought you were like. So this dude uh, rolls up. He's like, I thought you lived here in peace, but I guess you're wrong. You steal our food, our medicine, you destroy our factory, and they just like immediately just start like leveling the town. Like, oh my god! Like I get the Fire Nation's vindictive, but these people are like really kind of rude i guess they have no one else to blame it on though because then they don't know it's the avatar and the painted yeah. lady so they're just bl- they they assume it's somebody in this village and they're taking it out on the village so. yeah well this is that's what doc and shu tried to say they're like yeah we didn't do this it was the painted lady and the guy's like oh yeah the painted lady like he's uh, she's the one who like put these army emblems on your container which is fair like Katara messed up. She should have put the containers in a different uh, thing. Like she should have uh, used went to the container store and gotten like a different uh, <laughs> container. But that's all right. 
Um, anyway, he, this guy's like, all right, we're going to get rid of your entire village. Uh, this is when the people in the ski dudes just start like tearing down houses, like absolutely destroying everything. Um, they even start, yeah, they even start like about to burn stuff down. Like it really was quite bad. Yep. But then all of a sudden a bunch of steam emanates from the outskirts of town. We have like this flute starts playing and I wonder you see, you so you see sock. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but you see soccer playing the flute. I'm like, where the hell did he get this flute from? (laughs) Yeah, it's not super clear, but I loved everything that they had. So they had like, they had the fog, they had a growling noise. They had like a big rock. They had like a big thud in the background. And we see like the whole team avatar was in on this plan. Like, Guitar is creating the fog. Uh, Toph was making the big rock sound. We have Sokka on the flute. We've got Appa making the growling. This was a team effort. Like, what collaboration? I was very impressed. Yeah, and then we have Aang with, like, the most incredible dexterity ever. So Aang's, like, hiding underneath these planks with, like, his feet and his hands elevated. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just crazy. Yeah, it was really impressive. Uh, And I think that Aang ends up being extremely clutch in a minute. Uh, we'll get there in a second. But first off, we see uh, Katara show up looking like the painted lady. She starts rushing towards the soldiers, using her water bending to like uh, knock them over. She starts like getting closer to them. Uh, everyone just starts running away. I thought this was great. Like <laughs> It's so intimidating. They did such a good job of setting this up that everyone's just like totally out. Uh, yeah, she like destroys these steampunk jet skis pretty quickly. I appreciated this quite a bit. Yeah, no, Katara just running roughshod all over these Fire Nation soldiers. They just didn't stand a chance. Yeah, and then we see uh, the Fire Nation uh, bad guy, like the main one, have his Thanos moment where he says, fine, I'll take care of this myself. Uh, He decides (laughs) to attack. He sends an arc of fire at Katara uh, that goes in slow motion, and Aang, from underneath the dock, sends a blast of air so strong it lifts her up away from the flame. Katara did not flinch once. Somehow she communicated with Aang that it was on him to save her. But that's insane that she didn't like water whip her way out of this. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't just instantly decapitate him with a water whip. Honestly, I'm surprised she didn't just take him out. But hey, I mean, Aang saved her with like precise timing. So there we go. Yeah, that's true. And it's way more intimidating because she says like after she like flies up in the air and makes herself impossible to hit, she's like, leave this village and never come back. And I was like, oh, dang, like loud and clear. And the message is heard. I'm never coming back. <laughs> uh, the guy, uh, this like bad guy decides to fly away or not fly away, swim away. Uh, and I just want to point out that this guy can swim super well. He had amazing form. He was super fast. I really was impressed by this firebender swimming. Especially when you consider he's swimming in this like sludgy water. It's not like it's like clear water. So yeah, good kudos to his swimming ability. I noticed that as well. He's a yeah. good swimmer. He just had like the most solid stroke. Like everything was just exactly what you would want. Uh, I was, I was impressed. Look, the swimming, the swimming really outdid it. I kind of, I kind of want this guy to come back and be a villain again. <laughs> just go off the swimming. <laughs> That's his power. He's just a really good swimmer. Yeah, like he's like the most mediocre firebender ever, but he's just like a dope swimmer uh, for a firebender. Like he's not even a good swimmer for a waterbender, but he's like the best in the Fire Nation. 
Uh, anyway, uh, so he gets on the jet ski. He decides to buzz off in his little ski do. Uh, everyone else starts to like go towards the village. Everyone's super proud of Katara. They're all saying like, "Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you." Uh, and then they catch a glimpse of her marks, which have faded a bit in the fight. Uh, Doc is the first person to point it out, which is a bit weird because he's absolutely off his rocker. Uh, but he correctly says, you're not the painted lady, you're the colonial girl. And everyone immediately turns on her, saying, like, oh, you're a waterbender, like, how dare you do this? Uh, this was rude. I did not like the, the village decided to yeah. turn their back. No, me too. I'm team soccer here. It's like, you guys should be down on your knees thanking Katara. Like, that's what, that's what Saga says, and I agree completely. These people should be hands on knees and, like, begging Katara for forgiveness, man. She just saved their whole village. And, they, yes. and they're being a-holes about it, man. Screw these villagers. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they end up coming around. So yeah. I actually think that, like, uh, you know, they were just temporarily mad. They ended up coming around. I thought that's that fair. at the end of the day, they weren't that inappropriate. Sokka really has a pretty good line here where he's like, yeah, maybe she's a waterbender, but she's helping you. Like, your factory's not going to get polluted. Uh, but then he, he goes a little far. Where he's like, you should be on your knees thanking her. Like, did he want people to bow down like they were looking at Fire Lord Ozai? Like, that doesn't seem like the vibe that they uh, that they really want. Yeah, I guess they shouldn't be on their knees, but they should be grateful, I feel like. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. you know, always time to be uh, grateful for those who help you. Um, but yeah, Katara like acknowledges that like, yeah, it's not great that I tricked you. Like, uh, your problems are fixed. Uh, like, yeah, you, you can help yourself. Like you're gonna be fine. Uh, and then Doc's like, what should we do next? And Toph from, uh, <laughs> within the crowd says, maybe we can clean the river. Uh, I love this uh, moment from Toph, honestly. What a great yeah. line. Yeah, you, you just like that she was like hiding in the background. Yeah, it was just funny. Her hiding in the village yeah. <laughs> amongst villagers just yelling. Yeah, and it's like the village is small enough to where they should have been like, wait, who are you? Like, we don't recognize <laughs> your voice. We don't know who you are, but now it works out perfectly. Um, oh. Anyway, so they decide to, uh, to clean the river. Uh, they're going to keep this stuff a secret um, about the like waterbender part. Uh, and then Doc's like, no, I can keep a secret. But my brother Shu can't. And I just thought, all right, I'm done with this joke. Uh, because <laughs> then they decided to go even a step further by introducing Bushi, who loves cleaning the rivers. Uh, and I was like, all right, I'm whatever. I'm done with this. Get this man out of my life. Yep, yep. And that's the end of Doc, and we'll never see him again. So there we go. Thank Are you. we going to include him in the season three Brant Steel that we do? No, no. <laughs> nope. No, 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 no. We could have a whole tribe of his, like, alternative. Yeah, that's what I was just actually could have all three of them on different it would, it would be, like, uh, kind of funny if we did a season that was, like, uh, like the different bending types, like Cook Islands, and then, like, the last tribe was just, like, all of his uh, multiple <laughs> personalities. That'd be oh, that would be hilarious. Um, anyway, yeah, like, I don't even want to talk about the rest of the jokes he makes. I didn't find them funny. But, no, uh, me neither. Us, so we see to end the episode that they're, like, uh, fixing the water. They're doing their community service. Hopefully they get credit uh, for like National Honor Society or whatever. Uh, but they decide to like bend the water. They separate the earth from the water. They put the earth in the boat. They put the water back in the water and boom, it's clean. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, then the last thing we see is uh, Katara. She's on the river at night where suddenly a bunch of clouds appear and we see an actual painted lady who says thank you and then 
fades back, uh, and we see uh, a smile from Katara as we go credits. I thought this was a good way to end the episode. Yeah. Yeah, solid ending. And it was like we talked about earlier, it was really interesting seeing the real painted lady spirit appear and thank Katara. Yeah. Uh, agree with that. Well, that's the episode, Zach. Um, yeah, not great. Not great episode. I don't know. Like, the Katara stuff was good, but it was pretty slow. Like, not a ton going on. So, I don't know. I was not the biggest fan. Yeah, it was nice seeing Katara get her own episode, but it, like I said, it just kind of falls flat. And it's also like a quiet episode from Aang and Toph to, yeah, I don't know, Sokka, his jokes. He didn't have too many jokes this episode. I don't yeah. know. I know, I know. And I'm struggling with where should I rate this episode because that's where we're at right now. We're yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, right? let, like, let's, let's get into it. Let's think about it. Like, where would this episode fall for you? Like, for me, like, I... I can't even give this a great score. Uh, I would have to give this pretty low. If I'm just thumbing up my thoughts in the episode, like we have some interesting stuff with Katara, but the side characters were kind of annoying. Like even the little boy that doesn't have like a real moment that he shines. So it kind of was just like pretty flat. And uh, it was just like a Katara episode. And if I'm thinking best Katara episodes, it's like the episode where she confronts her mother's uh, like murderer uh, later in season three is so much stronger. The episode with the water bending or the blood bending master is so mm-hmm. much stronger. So, so many better episodes for Katara coming up. And so I end up being pretty low on this episode, but those are my overall thoughts. Uh, let's get into the episode rankings. Uh, just to set things up every week, we rank the episodes between zero and four cabbages. Uh, maybe we should do it between zero and four headed fish. Uh, (laughs) maybe this week yeah sure we'll do it zero zero and four heads on a fish um anyway you can always give your rankings cabbage fish or otherwise uh by writing in avatar at postshowrecaps.com tweeting us at postshowrecaps or really getting in touch with us anyway uh we will include your rankings zach are you ready to start us off, or do you want me to uh, give my score first? No, I'll, I'll start us off. I'm going to give this episode a 2.7 out of 4. That's okay. where I'm going, yeah. Because then I gave Bato the water if I'm remembering off the top of my head. Sorry to bring that up once more. I gave that like a 2.4 at the time. Yeah. I, in hindsight, I should have been lower on it, but I'm not going to give this lower than my original score of Bato because it is a. this is not a great episode, but it's not that bad it's not the love like there's no like inconsistencies within the characters or anything like that so i'm gonna give this overall yeah 2.7 out of four what about yourself i i I think that's a fair score uh honestly i'm not sure like anyone's made a bingo sheet uh for us but i would say like one of the squares has to be like mentions Batu of the water tribe like oh yeah it comes up all the time i know i I feel like i bring it up too much that's on me i do bring it up oh no no zach if you don't bring it up it's not even a week of being in there like uh, (laughs) it's a totally different podcast like Uh, i i want to mention the pocket fish every week you want to mention Batu of the water tribe every week we're we're having a great time out here no facts facts, Uh, i think your score is pretty pretty spot on i'm a little bit higher at a 2.8 uh, ultimately it's not really doing too much for me as an episode. Uh, I do think like the guitar moments are good, but we have no great side characters. The comedy really annoyed me. Uh, and it kind of felt just like stalling, uh, for time. Like it's, it's really, it, it's very similar to a season one episode, but it doesn't have a season one sense of fun and wonder. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a very good point. You're right. This yeah. does feel like a season one episode. Yep. Uh, the listeners are just a bit higher at a 3.03 on the episode, uh, but not even too high on the episode. 
That's going to leave this at a 2.84. Uh, not a great episode of Avatar, but, uh, you know, I, I, I had fun on the podcast. So, uh, no, me too. That's good. Uh, in terms of the Battle of the Battles, I'm not even sure the battle at the end is a battle. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't maybe? classify it as a battle myself. It ends pretty abruptly. I mean, it ends with her being shot up in the air and just saying leave. So yes. I don't think it classifies as a battle. We don't need to rank it. I agree with that. Next week uh, in the episode, I do think we have a pretty good battle. Uh, nice. So, yeah, I think we'll be back uh, ranking battles then. Uh, but no battle of the battle this week. Quite a bit of listener feedback, actually. So we can get into that. Uh, first off, a few questions from Felipe. Uh, first question, are either of you superstitious? Zach, uh, are you a superstitious person? No, not superstitious at all. Not particularly superstitious. What about you? Are you superstitious in any way? Um, not really. Uh, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I am around sports uh, a bit, but, uh, but that's more because it's like fun to be superstitious around sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really superstitious otherwise. Like, I wouldn't do anything like walk under a ladder. Uh, but that's like, I know that's like superstitious, but that's also just like good safety advice. So I'm not really. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think I'm walking under any ladders anytime soon. No. I don't know. I've always thought superstitions were just kind of dumb. I feel like it's yeah, not, it's, it's, it doesn't have any bearing on my life. I don't know. I've never been, even athletes who were superstitious, I always thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, there's, I, there's, there's a lot of common superstitions in sports, I feel like. Yeah, I agree on that. Uh, another question from Felipe. What's the coolest stage makeup you've ever gotten to wear? Have you ever put on uh, stage makeup, Zach? Yeah, I think the best was when I was on Van Helsing. I was an actor, and I played the prestigious role of uh, refugee number three. And every time I rolled up three. to set... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a, trust me, I was a big time actor. But anyways, they put this like scar on my forehead every time because it was like some post-apocalyptic world. That was pretty cool to have like the bloody scar on my forehead. So that was yeah. the best makeup I've ever got to wear. That's uh, that's pretty cool. I think for me, it was when I did Shrek the Musical in school. <laughs> uh, I played one of the three little pigs, uh, and they like painted my entire body pink. Well, I guess not my entire body. Uh, all the parts that people would see pink. Uh, and then they gave me this like weird looking snout that was like hyper realistic. Uh, and then they like glued it onto my face. Uh, and it like, it was a real pain in the ass to take off. Um, but that was, that was like, I guess kind of cool. It was the most different from anything I've worn in uh, real life is a full like pink get up. Uh, nice. I, I'm surprised your school did Shrek the Musical. They must oh have had a God. decent budget. No, Shrek the Musical is like starter pack of like crappy high school musicals. <laughs> you think so? I've never seen it done before. So <laughs> don't. Uh, and actually, it used to be on Netflix uh, with Brian Darcy James. He does like a pretty decent job in the role. But uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the show. I don't think it's that good. <laughs> uh, I love Shrek. See, I'm like shut up, Tim. I love the original Shrek. So yeah. I yeah. feel like all Shrek media, I don't know. Maybe I just, I'm looking at it a little too idealistically. I mean, hey, maybe maybe it's your cup of tea. Maybe we'll uh, slot people into Shrek the musical instead of <laughs> uh, if, Shrek is, if Shrek's something you love so much. Uh, last question here from Felipe. Where's our buddy the Cabbage Man been? Uh, you think this place could have used some fresh cabbages? Yeah, it could have. Holy. I mean, I'd much rather eat a fresh cabbage than a two-headed fish and like a clam with like mud shooting out of it. So I know for real, like uh, we, we know like, uh, you know, very minor spoilers for Korra, but he does uh, make another appearance uh, in Korra. But I do think that it is. Uh, yeah, he's sleeping on this market. This market would have been great for him. He would have made a killing. Does the, I have a question for you. Does the Cabbage Man pop up in season three again? 
Um, I do not remember. Because does uh, he make does he make it to the Fire Nation? I don't even know. I, I forget. I would be surprised. I mean, what would he be doing in the Fire Nation? Uh, like, I don't know. It doesn't make a ton of sense for him to be there. I guess we'll see. Uh, like, nothing really comes to mind uh, where I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, like, clearly there. I do know that he's in, like, some of the, like, comics that come out later uh, mm-hmm. that I read, but I don't really know if he's in season three. I would I would bet not, but uh, I don't know. I guess Damn, we should have given him a proper eulogy the last time we saw him then. Rest in peace, the cabbage man. Well, not rest in peace. Like, uh, his <laughs> legacy's still there. Like, uh, True. yeah. He, we still do the four out of four cabbages. His legacy lives all yeah. through us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, we have a few more questions. So John asked, if you lived in a small town that did one thing, what would you want to do? Similar to the Hunger Games, where each district has their own certain role, what one would you want to live in most? Is there a podcasting district in any of these towns? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, I think the podcasting district would be highly sought after with all of the people who are podcasting. But yeah, podcasting district's not too bad. I, I think if I was, like, taking the answer, like, uh, you know, a bit more at face value, I think, like, I, I think if I was just going to do, like, one thing all the time, I'd want to do, like, I don't know, like, shipping or something like that, where I'm, like, on the seas, because it feels like even though you're doing one thing, it's always, like, a lot of change. Yeah, I don't know what I'd want to do. I'd want to be, like, maybe a farmer, befriend all the animals in the farming village. Maybe yeah. I'd do that. Except as a farmer, you have to, like, kill the animals after a certain point, so that's kind of depressing. Yeah, no, I would not want to do that one. Uh, <laughs> not at all. Uh, another question from, Zon, uh, from John. Huh, wow. Sorry for messing up your name. Uh, <laughs> another question from John. Uh, what spirit would you want to become if you could be one for a day? Hmm. I'd want to be Wan Shi Tong. Just fly around, know oh. twenty thousand things. Why not? Okay. Okay. I, like I feel it. like it'd be fun, like flying all over the place. Why not? Yeah. And he's kind of got like Airbender esque powers. So yeah, yeah. I was thinking uh, my answer would be the Ghost of Christmas Past from A Christmas Carol. <laughs> uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past. I'm pretty sure that's a happy one. Uh, I'm like okay. fairly sure it is. Uh, but the Ghost of Christmas Past has like a jolly old time, just like absolutely living it. I would love to do that. Like. Every night you go, you see another curmudgeon people and you show them all the Christmas paths. Like, that seems great. Like, make me the ghost of Christmas paths. Interesting. Just turning a bunch of Scrooges into, like, Christmas lovers. Yeah. I mean, maybe not Christmas, like, specifically. Like, uh, maybe I'd pick a different holiday. I'd be, like, the ghost of, uh, I don't know, what's a holiday I like more? Groundhog's Day? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The ghost of Groundhog's Day past? Sure, yeah. The ghost of, I don't know, what holiday would I want to rep if I was repping one as a ghost? Well, what's your favorite holiday? Uh, I, I don't know. I, like, Thanksgiving, I guess? Halloween? Really? Uh, yeah, Halloween's probably my favorite. I like chocolate, so yeah. I like getting all the free chocolate around the, Halloween. The ghost of Halloween is just getting to be, uh, like, Jack from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Have you seen that before? Yes, I've seen Nightmare oh, Before thank Christmas. Goodness, thank goodness. Yeah, I actually watched it recently. I watched it around Christmas of this past year. So. Okay, uh, but it's a Halloween movie, and it's yes. very important. Okay, great. I'm, yes. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. Why? You, why? Is, is it, 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 people call it a Christmas movie, and that makes you mad? Yes, it is not like it's objectively a Halloween movie. Just because it like has Santa Claus and does not make it a Christmas movie. Sandy Claus, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and last question from someone writing in for the first time. Uh, they turned themselves Earthbender Jordan. So I'm glad that we got the uh, the nation designation. But Earthbender Jordan wrote in and asked, "What would be your spirit name?" 
Uh, Zach, does anything come to mind if someone was coming up with your spirit name? Hmm, my spirit name. I don't know. What's like the Chinese term for sleeps a lot? That would be my spirit <laughs> name. <laughs> it would be something that like translated just means like heavy sleeper. Uh, yeah, exactly. A lot better. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh I think my spirit name would be like the portly chap. And I would be like <laughs> I would be like going around, you know, just like having a good old time, just enjoying life as a as a ghost. So. The portly chap. Oh, that's too funny. It's been a minute since I've said we haven't had any heavier set characters, so that's it's been true. a minute since I've brought a portly chap. Well, none of the people here could be heavier set because they don't have any food. So uh true. <laughs> Not a great reason for them. And then uh, even Uncle Iroh is not even a portly chap anymore. He's good. Yeah, he's getting swole. Um, yeah. Anyway, last thing we got here for you is the T-Quartet. And let me just tell you, I am stoked for this one. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I was like uh, talking with Felipe. Uh, we were talking about uh, some ideas. And producer Felipe came up with an idea that I immediately thought was so good. I messaged Zach and I said, can we please do this? I think this is so funny. So the T-Quartet. For everyone who has to be as excited as I am is addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Zach, are you excited as I am? <laughs> I'm excited to see where this goes, to be honest. I'm not 100% sure. I think addition and division are kind of easy for me, and then subtraction and multiplication, I don't know what I would do with them. So let's talk it through. Let's see where we go. And uh, yeah, let's do it up. All right. I, I really do think this one is fun. Uh, I realize that it absolutely means nothing, but uh, hey. Oh, also, one of my favorite T-Quartets we ever did was the, uh, was the what's it called? Uh, the Four Ghosts? Yeah, the Four Ghosts. Four I got a T-shirt today at a thrift shop that was three of the Four Ghosts. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the pink one is missing for some reason, but I saw it and I was like, oh, hey, that's like my favorite T-Quartet. So I bought the shirt. Nice, nice. Look at that. Uh, yeah. Hang in there, influencing your real life purchases. Who would have exactly. thought? Uh, anyway, okay. Let's start on the most obvious one. Uh, the most obvious one is addition is earth. And it's very clear. Uh, it's stable. It's always there for you. It's very straightforward. Like you have one thing, you have another thing, you have a combination of things. Uh, you're not getting into negative numbers with addition unless you're adding negative numbers. But like, it really is just like, it's a straightforward one. You know what you're getting out of addition. Zach, back me up on this. Yeah, addition is equal to stability. Why not? I think addition is definitely the earthbender of the group. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Zach, you said division was pretty clear. What's division in your mind? I think division is a firebender. It's the hardest to do. It pisses me off the most. I hated long division as a kid. It really was hard to do in class. Wait, so you're saying that because you don't like it, it's the firebender. Uh, yeah, we like. I would like to remind you that your <laughs> podcast co-host is indeed a firebender. Yeah, but you're you're one of the good firebenders. Ah, thanks, buddy. Yeah. That makes that means a lot. Yeah, you're uh, one of the cool ones. But uh, overall, I don't know. But in all seriousness, what do you think division is? Do you think no, it's I, a firebender? I think division? I think yeah. division is firebender. Like division is the most destructive way. You have a large number. You divide it by another large number. You have a fraction, quite literally, of what you had before. Like, that's exactly what the Fire Nation does as it comes and ravages the lands. Division is the clear firebender to me. Now, I think there's another clear one, and I think it's subtraction. I think subtraction is the waterbender because water is the element of change, 
when you subtract one thing uh, from another, like at a store, you get your change back. Like, oh, uh, nice! Yeah. You get your cha- I was wondering where you were going with that. Okay, yeah. yeah so you get your change. You you get one thing, you, you subtract another, and that's the change you do. Anyway, so I think uh, <laughs> water clearly subtraction that leaves air to be multiplication. And I have to say, I've thought about this uh, for a few days now since I messaged you. I can't come up with a good justification, so maybe we can like BS one right now. Uh, but multiplication in air, like, it's not really whimsical. It's not really like fun loving. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Something with times tables. I don't know. Times. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that seems kind of regimented. You know, like memorizing your times tables. Like that's something the Fire Nation schools do. Like the the air nomads. They're not. They don't learn their times tables. That not one bit. Maybe like uh, you know, there's lots of different things you can do with multiplication. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't know. There, there's no way to get to it. I think you're so fun. I don't even care if the last thing makes sense. Let me just recap because I know this is very important for everyone. Uh, we have addition as the earthbender, subtraction as the waterbender, uh, multiplication is the de facto airbender, and division falls to the fire nation. I think airbender is always the toughest to slot. A lot of the time, there's never a clear airbender. Like, yeah. even with the King of the Hill characters, I thought that, too. There was no really clear airbender. Yeah, I, I think Will had a good justification. Yeah, uh, I agree. Did. But anyway, like, uh, <laughs> there you go. That's our t Uh You know, uh, I have a good time doing the silly one. <laughs> so I think we should keep doing them. Um, yeah, why not? That yeah. was fun. Perfect. So I couldn't think of a better excuse or reason for uh, multiplication being an airbender. My bad. Oh, I... I I, you know, I don't blame you. I, I'm excited to see if anyone comes up with a good justification, I will be elated to see what it is. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, if anyone has any feedback, please do write in uh, avatar at postshowrecaps.com. Final answer. That's right. Yep. Uh, or tweet us at postshow recaps. We also have lots of stuff popping off in the discord. Always lots of uh, fun going there. I love getting tagged and stuff uh, like on Wednesday mornings after the episode comes up. Uh, and we get like uh, some people commenting on it. That's always great fun. Uh, so lots of fun uh, in Team Avatar podcasting. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we have for you this week. Zach, where can people keep up with you? People can find me on Twitter at ZachMohammed32. And where can they find you, Jacob? People can find me on Twitter at JK Redman or talking Scooby-Doo podcasting with Felipe over on the Brazilian Dragon Pod. Uh, yeah, and next week we have a fun guest coming up, so I'm super excited to talk uh, about the Sokka's Master episode next week. Uh, but until then, see ya. Peace out, everyone. Goodbye.